0: I lost a friend the other day, probably not what you are expecting right at the top of this episode, but as I've stated before, I created this podcast to get into the grit of life with you, and sometimes, it's not always pretty. His name was David, David Lee Nelson. If you didn't already know, most creatives, be it musicians, actors, painters, comedians, poets, podcasters, etc. gravitate to the hospitality industry, which is just really a polite way of saying waiting tables. The running joke I would always say as a musician was, steak in one hand, promo pack in the other. The money can be good, great even at times, but the flexible schedule, well, that was priceless. When a last-minute audition or a sudden swank cocktail gig popped up, it was a, hey, can you cover me, kind of plea, knowing that they would ask for the favor to be returned before the end of the week. One hand always washed the other. I waited tables for 15 years before being able to hang up the coats and rely solely on music. The page turned in the chapter of life I have never taken for granted. During that season of elongated menu spills and white tablecloths is when I met David, a stand-up comic. He and I aspired the life of the stage, the thought of our talent transporting people from their everyday, even if only for a 45-minute set. We dished stories of success and failures around self-marketing and how to put butts in seats. He was a gem. David Haling from South Carolina, as my being from North Carolina, we shared the experiences moving from the Bible Belt to the Big Apple. And after countless trays of past hors d'oeuvres, polishing silverware into multiple midnight hours, and explaining the difference between a filet and a strip for the thousandth time, he and I eventually exited stage right from the Big Steak Show, a moment we took and ran with in hopes of never looking back. I, of course, went on to do music. David continued his comedic craft, writing numerous solo theater productions, and with great success, as well as taking a faculty seat at Greenville, South Carolina's Fine Arts Center and Furman University. Arguably the most talented playwright to come out of South Carolina in years, according to an art critic from the Post and Courier. His play The Elephant in My Closet, about coming out as a democrat to his conservative South Carolinian father, earned top honor at the prestigious New York Fringe Festival. True to his comedic roots, but sincere form, when David was diagnosed with an aggressive cancer at the age of 38 and standing center stage was no longer a possibility, he brought his humor to pen and wrote a book titled Hope in the Time of Chemo. He never quit. He never quit. It's a beautiful book of strength, struggle, and sincerity. And then, he passed. He just passed. The night before, he was texting a friend about his beloved Chicago Cubs. And then the following day, gone. Two days later, as I spoke with one of his dearest friends, who needed to wait a day to take everything in, said over the phone, I wanted to call you, but it just would have been me crying the entire time. I have no other feelings left in me, and I just want to sit and cry. I sat in silence for a bit, just listening. And then after a while, I said, Cry. Cry. It's okay. We reminisced various stories, and particularly how they both pushed away the bottle, becoming sobered together more than ten years ago, and still counting. That alone is the most beautiful memory you will always have together, I told her. Their lives went different directions, but they both flourished independently, each finding their own success, even though at the time the path perhaps felt aimless. I just want to cry, I just want to cry, I kept hearing in my head, which pretty much sums up this year. When has not a single one of us not wanted to put our head in our hands and cry? A year of a pandemic, civil unrest, emotional distress likes we've never experienced, homeschooling first graders. <laughs> Enough said. I just want to cry. I kept hearing. And guess what? It's okay to cry. Today's episode is about crying. Why we cry. The importance of the ugly sobs, the messy mascara, the catching of our breath, even when we can't put a finger on why we're crying so much. So grab a Kleenex, wrap yourself in your favorite blankets, and let's see what having a good cry is all about. I'm Chad Lawson, and let's calm it down in three, two, one. I would like for you to imagine something with me. We'll get to the meditation part in a bit, but for now, I'd like for you to imagine a glass of water. It's filled all the way to the top. Now imagine gently placing a single ice cube into the glass. What happens? Well, more than likely, some of the water begins to spill down the side. Not much. No big deal. Nothing a paper towel can't handle. Now I'd like for you to imagine holding three or four ice cubes, about six inches above the glass and dropping them. Just letting them drop into the glass. Now what happens? Probably more than a single sheet of brawny will pick up. Water all over the counter, I can imagine. You don't need to be a scientist to predict what was going to happen. The glass was just too full. Our minds, our emotions, our bodies are no different than this glass holding the water. We each have a capacity, a limit, In which we can only hold so much and when it becomes too much a release is inevitable and one of the ways our bodies physically and emotionally provide this release is well by crying crying is an emotional coping mechanism it's a way our body is telling us hey hey I'm I'm too full enough And to avoid breaking down completely, our body has to have a release. A safety valve allowing you to blow off emotions that have built up too much pressure inside. I can't hold this, so I'm going to let it go, it says. And it does. When all is said and done, crying actually makes us feel better. Of the three types of tears, our body produces only one type, called the emotional tear nonetheless, Contain contains stress hormones that help relieve the body of stress-induced chemicals. Believe it or not, when you are crying, you are literally shedding stress. Crying provides the release of feelings that you sometimes can't put into words. After crying, your breathing stabilizes and your heart rate decreases. You may notice after a good cry, you think more clearly about what you're going through, and then you are able to take a moment and then reflect and make sense of what has happened. We cry because we're frustrated. We're frustrated because we care. We care because we're human. But we also cry when we feel helpless, when we want to simply wave a white flag and surrender, but don't know how. Tears step up to the plate, deploying a liquid flare, announcing, I'm going through something that is more than I can handle. Tears are not shy. They'll ask for help long before we will, which is good, because otherwise, how else would anyone know you're going through something so difficult? When we suppress those cries for help, literally, it does more potential harm than we think. In a recent article, clinical psychologist Dr. Lynn Matt states forcing yourself not to cry can create barriers within yourself, preventing you from understanding your own emotions and from building supportive relationships with others. One of the consequences of holding it in is denying that something is wrong. Putting on a brave face can be detrimental and that it leads to built up resentment and frustration, which then just leads to anger. On the flip side, Allowing yourself to turn on the fountains can help you build social connections we need to survive. By holding back and denying our feelings, we are not able to communicate. Simply put, crying is a way of asking for help, asking for support. And to be honest, that is nothing to be ashamed of. You are not alone, so why would you carry it that way? When we go through difficult times, it is so easy to find distractions. Pretending it doesn't exist, or that it's eh, not really that bad. But recall the glass of water. Eventually, it will spill over. It's only a matter of time. A matter of stress. A matter of, I'll deal with this tomorrow. But crying is our body's way of working through difficult emotions. It's good to cry. It's okay to cry but that doesn't mean we should depend solely on crying to resolve whatever it is we're going through. While crying is a healer, let's avoid it being a crutch. I want to walk you through how to process, how to deal with some of these difficult moments, letting those good cries wash away the debris rather than letting them add more to it. Now for the fun part, let's find a comfortable place to sit or to lie down before we get started i'm not going to stretch the truth this one may be difficult to go through but you wouldn't be here if you didn't want to feel better i personally felt challenged in this exercise alone and it is a process that does not happen overnight so come back to this practice it be patient but also be positive because with time It does change. Our mindset, our mentality, how we look at things, it does change. If we allow it. If we water that seed and let it grow. Now, with our eyes closed, let's just take a moment to quiet our mind. Our breathing and the world around us. Bringing your awareness to your space. How the ground feels. How the air around you feels. The silence of the room. Let's take a gentle breath. No counting, no holding, just a simple breather. That much needed sigh that I love so much. Hmm. Feels so good. Feels so good. One more sigh. Now we're going to go through our 515 breathing, a quick review. We'll do a slow five count, breathe in, we'll hold it for a second, and then a slow five count, breathing out. Breathing deeply in through your nose, and out through your mouth. Okay, let's give it a go. Breathing in for five, four, three, two. Slowly breathing out. Five, four, three, two, one. Mm, that was nice. Okay, let's do that one more time. Breathing in for five, four, three, two, one. Hold. Breathe out five, four, three, two, one. Stay in this place just for a moment. I want you to think of something difficult that you are going through. It doesn't have to be the most difficult thing in your life, but something difficult. This is hard, I know. notice how you desperately want to push this away to reach for something else to just think on anything else that would ease your mind that would remove the difficulty from in front of you that first reaction when something goes wrong maybe just going back to bed and sleeping it away or pouring a glass of alcohol or calling someone whatever you generally reach for. Or maybe you just pretend it doesn't exist, but I want you to notice your first gut reaction instinct when seeing something difficult. Let's breathe once more. Breathing in and in five, four, three, two, one, Hold, breathe out, five, four, three, two, one. Now, I want you to center your attention, your awareness, on what you're going through. And then in this space, As you're staring at this difficulty, as you're staring at this thing that is just wrecking you, I want you to allow something in that you see as compassionate, something that wraps around you, something that embraces you with love and acceptance and even security, something that makes you feel safe. Perhaps a warm ray of light. Or someone you've always looked up to and can call at any hour of the day. Someone that gives you support. Or perhaps a spiritual being that you find refuge in. Whatever makes you feel loved, safe, and protected. I want you to allow them into this space. Allow that thing into this space. Now imagine that this figure, whatever it may be, is holding you. It's literally wrapped completely around you. You are safe. You are safe. Taking a long breath in For five, four, three, two, one, hold, breathing out, five, four, three, two, one. Knowing how safe you are, there's no need to be afraid you are wrapped in the embrace of your support. As it says to you, you are okay. You are not alone. I am here with you. And together, we will get through this. You are okay. We will Get through this breathing in for five, four, three, two, one, hold breathing out for five, four, three two, one. You are okay. You are not alone. You are not alone. I am here with you, and together we will get through this. It continues to tell you. As you're hearing these words, notice how stable your breathing is, how you feel the supporting embrace around you. Even notice the ground that you're sitting on, the chair that you're sitting on. It's holding you. You are safe. You are not alone. When the image of your difficulty tries to return, calmly bring to mind the embrace of your support. Stare at the difficulty. Do not turn your head. Stare at the difficulty, but feel the embrace of your support as it tells you. Okay. And now we're going to say those words. I am. Okay. I am not alone. I am. Okay. The more we set this pattern into place, Whenever anxiety calls, the more confidence you will begin to feel in knowing that that difficulty no longer has you, that you can stare that difficulty, whatever it may be, you can stare and you can say, I am okay. It is no longer welcome in your space. You've closed the door. You have the key. It is not welcome here. You are strong. You are safe. And you are okay. But you hold this key. It's been placed into the palm of your hand. As your fingers slowly Slowly close with this key in hand. Taking one last deep breath, five, four, three, two, one, hold. Breathing out for five, four, three two one slowly let's open our eyes hmm. let's take a simple inhale exhale at your own pace slowly coming to what's around us Realizing where we are. Realizing your space, what is around you. The air. The sound of perhaps outside. You're safe. You are okay. This was not easy. I promise you. But guess what? You're okay. You're here. And you're not alone. This takes practice. As with anything life-giving, believing in yourself, you can do this. The more comfortable you become in quieting the mind, protecting your emotional space, the more confident you will become Each time, each anxiety, each struggle, each, really, where did that come from? But guess what? You hold the key. There's a really great quote from the author Napoleon Hill. He once said, whatever the mind can conceive and believe, it can achieve. I'm going to say that one more time. Whatever the mind can conceive and believe, it can achieve. While it may be a bit pie in the sky, I challenge you to begin the small, simple steps of believing simple things, believing that you have control of your thoughts. I'd like to challenge you before you start your day, write something down that you can be grateful for. Something simple. Something as simple as being grateful for a night's rest or maybe looking at a task that you have to do today that you'd much rather skip and trying to find a positive outlook on it, finding a way to make the most of it. Maybe by listening to music, or a podcast even, or even inviting a friend over to sit while you go through the task. Better yet, asking if they would like to join you. Just, please, six feet apart. You are strong. You are okay. You are okay. Today will not be your last cry. At least it shouldn't be. We're meant to cry. Crying restores us. Physically, crying stimulates the production of endorphins, our body's natural painkiller. It's the feel-good hormone. Understand that crying is the mind's way of wading through the struggles, the anxieties, the uncertainties. And if you happen to find yourself crying perhaps a bit too much, to the point of not even knowing why you're crying, I strongly encourage you to seek counsel, professional counsel. I have a wealth of resources at commentdownpodcast.com with many offering their services to help you in your own zip code. And about that water glass, find small steps each day that will replace the ice cubes in the glass with flowers. Hmm, I love that idea. Placing the stems into your cup as the bouquet fills the room with abundant life, a radiant color, and fragrance. Small steps produce great growth. And finally, earlier I mentioned my friend, the comedian, David Lee Nelson how he wrote a book during his time in chemotherapy. It's sometimes not easy to read. Sometimes he's very real. But I find that this year of all years, that is what we each are looking for more and more in life. It's just people being real. So I've included a link on today's episode at the website. Head to com. Go to Episodes and then scroll to the bottom and you will see today's episode. There you will see the Amazon link for his book, Hope and the Time of Chemo. I encourage you to pick it up. If anything, I know his life will continue in the lives of those who read his story. You are not alone. You are strong. And together, we will get through this. pianist, and, nationally recognized, sweet tooth. And now something my attorney wants me to say. The views, expressions, and techniques in this episode are of my personal opinion, and is not intended to, nor should they serve as a substitute for medical advice or a diagnosis rendered to you by your individual doctor or other healthcare provider. Only a licensed physician should evaluate your situation, provide a diagnosis, or render other medical advice to you and you should only act upon the advice of such physician. Now, what I'd like to say, I am an extreme empath by nature, but my profession is that of a composer and pianist, not a licensed therapist or physician. I hear from thousands of listeners how my music has helped them through various stages of emotional needs, and I simply want to offer this and future podcasts in aiding those needs. To find a list of licensed professionals in your area, please visit commentdownpodcast.com. And finally, if you've enjoyed today's episode, please leave a review. While it takes less than 60 seconds to do, its impact will last for years to come as every little bit helps in growing the awareness and the importance of emotional health. I'm Chad Lawson, and until next time, be kind to your mind, and join me next week as we calm it down.